What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Robin Bruins, Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there, motherfucking Mondays, Howard Beck in the cut. Man, let's spread the holiday cheer. How's everybody doing? How's everybody's break? What's going on? Howard? <laughs> Howard? How was your how was your break? What? Why am I suddenly on the spot for like whether or not I've properly celebrated the holiday? I feel like there's a there's like a scrutiny coming behind all this i don't know uh, I, heard, I just felt big bah humbug vibes from you <laughs> howard when we asked you initially pre-pod there you know um happens occasionally no i actually had a great weekend uh thanksgiving very big in the beck household we have a long-standing tradition of going to the thanksgiving day parade here in new york uh, i am not a parade person uh, at all but when our daughter was small that was the thing to do so we went and then it just became a staying tradition with this other family, friends of ours, whose their daughters are are near my my daughter's age. So like we go, and we're now so we're so locked into this routine that when we're sitting there on Central Park South, we somehow sneak onto the sidewalk. I don't know how we managed to pull this off every year, but we do. Um, we just kind of mosey up, and, and then we're there. It's to the point now, guys, where uh, as the floats are going by, we're starting to be like, hey, you know, um. Spider-Man looks a little janky this year. Uh, look, looks they need to do some patching. And like this year, this year the um the Pillsbury Pillsbury Doughboy is going by. Now the Pillsbury Doughboy, right? Like this this float, this balloon has probably been there since the dawn of the the freaking parade, right? Like decades. <laughs> and this is how you know you've been doing this too long. At one point, I looked up and go, I think they got a new one. The Pillsbury Pillsbury Doughboy looks uh looks whiter than usual. 
He, he looks yes. He looks yes. Super he's glowing. White. He's glowing, man. He looked so. I, I I think maybe they did. Like it was either this like a really great patch job. I don't know. Might have just been like the power spray or something. Just a good cleaning in the off season between parades or something. I'm just telling you, like the Pillsbury Doughboy looked uh, very very shiny white this year. And uh, props to the Thanksgiving parade uh, folks doing their upkeep on the balloons. Shout out to the to the Thanksgiving Day parade. I had a good weekend too. It was a good weekend. Um, yeah, man. We my folks had everybody over for Thanksgiving. Um, my son's team is still playing football through the Thanksgiving weekend, so that's an honor, right? Like if your team's still kind of playing their one game away from from being back in the state championship game. Um, yeah, got to spend time with the kids. You know, you, there's something to be said for everybody hopping out to school in the morning and having some time to do your own thing. But I start to miss them little jokers, man. So like, it was good to have them around a little bit. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. It was a good weekend. That's it was a good week. Man, I had the family time. Also, I had a revelation, guys. Hmm. I realized after 30 years on this earth that Holland Oats got some slaps, bro. Holland <laughs> Oats. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? So I have a story behind this mm-hmm. that ties into my weekend. Um, so I'm Holland Oats comes on the shuffle, right? And friend of the pod, Steve Kerr, has been a Holland Oats fan longer than I've been alive, obviously. And so I, sh- I, I, I told him like, "Yo, man, Holland Oats got some slaps. Like this, I can't, I can't, I can't get with that, right? I can't. Oh, I can't go for that. Is like a mm. bop, right? I can't yeah. go for that, right? Is a bop. So I'm telling Steve, like, yo, this is a bop, and he's like, yo. Oh, I, my 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 words to him was, <laughs> I can't go for that. Is a blap, right? And then he says, she's gone. Is a is a is a really good song, right? And <laughs> so I listen to she's gone, and I report back to Steve, like, yo, this is a bop too, right? <laughs> and he goes to me, he says, hey Logan. Is blap like a euphemism for something? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean anything? What does that? What does that? What does that mean? And so, I'd I, like to know too. Like, I does, Howard, would you know what a blap would was Jesus. if someone just said that's a blap? Have, I, I I would just let it go and take it at face value. But right, now that right, you've right, asked, right. I want to know. It's like it's a real. It's like it has a good beat. It's it's a blap, man. It's a good song. It's a, it's I, like slap, but it's like. Okay. A, it's like the same thing. I thought I just figured Roger and Howard would know because y'all are no okay. Everyone. I learned. I recently. I recently learned what slat slat is. What is slat? What is slat? Slime life all the time. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes. I mean, sense. I I didn't know. I just hear a lot of stuff. I, I usually do you take have, it. You have face children value, Howard, that but, listen to yeah. uh, a lot I, of young thug. Is what I, it is. I need to know if Logan understood at first glance the Chet Holmgren on Kevin Durant commentary. The. Uh, did you know what I'm talking about? I forgot the direct quote, but I used I used context clues to realize what it was. I, I had no idea. Dude, it just I, looked no, like look gibberish. up the quote. Look up the quote, Howard. I want you to read it aloud for the for the <laughs> listening audience. <laughs> this is this is this is good. This is good radio. This is good pod right here. Is uh, me reading <laughs> random series of fake words that I don't understand. Um, <laughs> Fake words. <laughs> it is not in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. It is fake. Chad Holmgren describing Kevin Durant. 54 from Treyball is Odie shooting hang pulls. I, I, I just, I didn't even know where to begin with this. Thank God somebody uh, on the interwebs translated this thing. Are we going to dissect? Let's dissect it. Let's do it. 
I got the KD shooting 50 tray balls is OD. I got all of that. What is what is hang pulls? I'm lost. That's that. Pull up you lost threes. Me. Pull up threes. Pull up threes. Hang pulls. Yeah, I guess so. Hang dribble into a pull up. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. it yeah. You know what? Yeah. If, if tray ball. See, part of this is a spelling problem, fellas. If I'm sorry. Tray ball, T-R-E-B-A-L-L, one word. If it had been like T-R-E-Y space ball. I know what a tray is. A tray mm. ball, three-pointer. Cool. Great. But when you just mash it all together and leave the Y out, T-R-E-B-A-L-L, I don't know what the hell that is. It, 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 since the rest of the, the uh, commentary looks like gibberish to me, that I don't even think that that's even a, a basketball term at that point. It's just another mm. nonsense word. O-D-E-E, like I, I, that 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 threw me. Hang pulls, all right, hanging, pull up, jump. Okay, I kind of got it, but like, um, yeah. Uh, no, not listen. Meant, I mean, not meant for me is what I'm saying. While we're on it, my young, my son Dia had an Instagram post. I mean, some somebody took some pictures of him and he put him up on a post, and he said he put some caption up like "Young Turnt something or other." My wife was reading it as I was watching a game last night, and she gasped. I was like, "What happened?" And she's like, "What? What is this? What does this mean?" I was like, "Dude, I don't, I don't. What are you talking about?" So she read it, and I was like, "I don't know. That's just shit kids say." She was like, "Someone's gonna look at this and think he's an idiot." And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, that's just, they are, they're all idiots. Cause that's what all of their captions are. This show is so old now. So, so old. old. It's <laughs> so old. Roger, I'm glad you have a partner in crime. Just as that's around you. You could just complain about old shit too. Dog. Howard, he hasn't been able to do this. You want, for, do you want one more? Years. Do you want one more? Howard? Let's do like, it. Let's, let fuck it. Let's, 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 let's go for the hat trick. I slide by to pick my boys up yesterday. said goodbye to my aunt and uncle who are at my folks house. And we have forgot something from the grocery store. So my wife runs in, I drop her in the front, circle back. She comes out and she's like, oh my God, I love that store. She 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 was going on about like the the ambiance in the grocery store and how small it was and what type of what type of like a organic produce they had and shit like that. And she was like, Man, I'm old, right? I was like, Yeah, you're fucking geeking off of like a grocery store right now. You are definitely old. We were washed. We were washed. The grocery store. It happens, store was Logan. Dope. It'll happen to you, man. Mm-hmm. You got you got a good twenty years, so you'll you'll be fine. Speaking of old ass teams out of touch, Ooh. talk about the Golden State Warriors. Boy, you better stop. <laughs> I'm Boy, back, you baby. Better, you better I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, <laughs> Draymond Green, ladies and gentlemen, is the gift that keeps on giving during this holiday season. Because after a five game suspension. He talked to the local media in San Francisco on this football Sunday, um, and he was asked about his actions when he put Rudy Gobert in a headlock for all to see a few weeks back. And um, they asked him if he regretted his decision, you know, to uh, let his team down and um, get suspended. And this was the quote, I don't live my life with regrets. Draymond Green said after practice, the first time he has spoken to reporters since the suspension, I'll come to my teammate's defense any time that I'm in a position to come to his defense. What matters to me is how people close to me that I care about feel first and foremost. How are they going to be affected? That's it for me. And then I got more quotes for you guys. And uh, so there was a there was a talk after. He did these things between Green, uh, Steve Kerr, and Mike Dunleavy. It was over an hour because Steve Kerr said that a couple weeks ago that they talked to him. 
No one offered insight on this conversation, but this is what Green um, said the consensus was. He said the consensus amongst all of us is that I'm going to be me no matter what. That's not going to change. But in saying that, there is always a better way that something can be done. So it's figuring out a better way. That's the consensus among all of us. And you think I didn't have one more quote for you guys? I Mm. damn sure do. He was also asked (laughs) about... Joe Dumar saying in a statement that Green's history of unsportsmanlike conduct has played a role into the length of the five-game band. He says, Green says, to continue mentioning, oh, well, he did this in the past. Well, I paid for those. I got suspended for game five of the NBA Finals. You can't keep suspending me for those actions. Whew. Mm-mm-mm. Raja, what do you have to say about this? What what what, what, what what's going on here? What what do we have to say about Green tripling and quadrupling um, and quintupling down? Oh man, there's so much to unpack there. First of all, I've I've been in a in a similar situation as 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 someone who has been suspended, you know, by the NBA and by the league, and had that suspension to at least some degree reflect some of my my past transgressions. Like I've been there and I know what that feels like and it feels like you against the world. And so I understand that, but that's pretty much like right in the immediate days after the suspension and, and you know, before you can really parse through your emotions and be rational about what happened and where I think he is, but I don't think he wants to own it. And I'm hoping that's where he's at is where he, he knows that, that, that could be very detrimental to his team moving forward if he continues to cross the line. I've said this before about myself. I'll say it about Draymond. There are other players like us. When, when you are playing in a league with the most athletic people on the planet, the biggest people on the planet, um, some of the most skilled people on the planet, and you don't fit into at least the, the most athletic and biggest category well, skill, skills have to be super sharp. Um, you know, mental acuity and understanding of what's going on has to be super sharp. And then you have to have to be really good, especially in the role that, that he's asked to play for that team, which is the physical kind of, you know, enforcer. We don't take shit from you. Like we're, we'll protect our house. And I was asked to play at times. You have to walk a, a line of emotion. And sometimes it'll be just enough. And sometimes you will be over that line. And coaches... You heard, you saw Steve Kerr come out and kind of say that uh, Mike D'Antoni would say that about me. That's just, that comes with the job. But we as players who play like that have to have the ability a few days removed from the incident to come out and be like, yeah, I, I call, I could have cost us there. I can't do that. That, you know, you have to own that because only when you own that and hopefully again, he's doing that behind closed doors and he has a full understanding because when you own that, you can try your best to guard against that. Now I'm telling you in the heat of battle, when you're that close to that emotional line, I'm talking about the line where you really can't control yourself. You're, you're towing it every night. I'm borderline out of control just to survive. So when you're towing that line, even if you know that you can't do that, you will still cross that line sometimes, but it makes it less likely. Because you have an understanding of like, yo, man, I, keep, I can't keep putting us in these situations. If he doesn't have a full understanding of that, then I, I'm disappointed in him. I think he does, and I think he's just playing the media game where he don't want to give somebody the satisfaction of admitting that. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense, Ra, but I don't be- so while you gave him the benefit of the doubt, I don't believe that he has I believe what he's saying is how he actually feels. I don't think he's playing a media game. I think that he is ready to say, I'm me and I'm me and I'm going to continue to be me. I well, don't and hey, look, look, if that if that if that is the case, Logan, sorry for interrupting. If that's the case, then I'm I'm not only a little probably disappointed in him, but I would be disappointed in the people around him. Mark Ivoroni wrote me a letter. He slid it under my door. We were in Chicago after something happened in Detroit. And he wrote me a, a full one-page letter about, you know, behavior and him worrying that the behavior would would uh, ultimately cost our team. I assured my, uh, uh, Mark in an in a equally well-written letter that I slid under his door that I was fully aware and I wasn't going to cost us anything. Like, do you know what I mean? But the point is, I had someone around me saying to me, hey, man, this is this this is what this looks like to us, and we're a little worried about that. And if he doesn't have that, then shame on the team around him for not hey, saying, hey, man, this is a real thing, dude. I, listen, I, I, I'm with Raja on this and that. I, I think, one, Draymond's been through this enough times to know the routine. Not only the the interview process with the league when you're going through the whole investigation, having to account for your actions, from that to the discussions with Steve Kerr and the front office to his teammate, like all of this. Draymond's been through this enough times. He knows the whole routine all the way through to yesterday's press conference where he's talking to the media about what he did, what he feels accountable for, what he doesn't, reflecting all of that. All of that being said, I'm with Raja on this point. I don't think that Draymond's message to us in the public yesterday is the same as the message that he would have delivered to to Steve Kerr or Mike Dunleavy Jr. There's no way he's sitting there going like, guys, I just got to be me. We know that part of it. Steve Kerr himself has said that many times over the years as Draymond has had some of these kinds of incidents. You know, Steve Kerr says, you know, we know we walk this fine line. We want him to channel his passion. We want that edge that he brings to the court. We want him to be him. We don't want to put any kind of limitations on him or try to, to, to to harness that uh, to his detriment, but there's a line and you can't go over the line. There's no way that Draymond is sitting there in front of Steve Kerr saying, I just got to be me. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I I put I put Rudy Gobert in a headlock, held it for, I don't know what people timed it. What was it like 12 seconds or some, <laughs> some crazy amount of time? I wouldn't let go. And I got, and I got myself suspended for, for five games um, like, and, and hurt the team. There's no way he's not more, I think reflective and remorseful in a conversation with Warriors brass and his own teammates than he is with the media. I think Raj is right. I think some of what he's saying publicly is is where the the, the pride kind of kicks in and, and throws another layer of, of of defense mechanism on there, where he just doesn't yeah doesn't want to give anybody the satisfaction. Um, and the place where I'll disagree with Draymond is this. And by the way. Quick aside, Draymond spoke, I think it was for like 20 minutes or so. Like every time there's been something like this, Draymond talks for 20 minutes. I love the fact that he is always accountable, amenable, willing to take all the questions. We don't have to agree with He's all the media members dream, honestly. It, it's but it's it's more than that, Logan. It's not just that it's great for us. And it is. That's the selfish version of this. But just taking a step back. I just I, I'm someone who appreciates accountability in in people. Period. In all walks of life, I I appreciate the fact that Draymond is willing. A lot of guys would have like, either not taken any questions, basketball questions only, or I'm just talking about tonight's game. I'm just glad to be back. All that bullshit. We hear that all the time. People duck this stuff. He never ducks any of it, and I do appreciate that part of it. I think he's wrong 
um, when it comes to the the whole the his like his history playing a part in this. One, the NBA does this with everybody who's got a history. Everybody who's who, like whether Dennis Rodman, uh, Rasheed Wallace, whoever. If you're somebody who is has had either a lot of texts, a lot of flagrants, a lot of incidents on the court. Yeah, your history plays in because what the NBA is trying to do with the disciplinary measures, with suspensions and fines and everything, is to try to get you to rein yourself in a little bit. And if you don't, then yes, the, the punishment starts to escalate over time because you're showing that you have not been able to rein yourself in and, and, and adjust accordingly. Isn't that how punishment works anyway? I mean, you, in school, you start messing up. You get, in, you get in school. You mess up again. You're suspended for a certain amount of days. Like, there's steps towards expulsion. Like, legal yeah. system you know, if you're multi, I mean, right? That's how it works. If, if your history has to play a part in it. Yeah, they've got they have a term like recidivist. If you were a recidivist in the legal system, like you, it, it amps up every time that the, the punishment gets gets greater. So, like that's that's the whole world. So, I don't. He's he's not being punished because of Game Five in the finals. It's that plus all these other things that have happened since, and the league is is responding to that accordingly. So, like. I don't I don't see how he can really object to it. That's that's a longstanding uh, system of, of discipline. Yeah, that and, and that's the <laughs> that's the dangerous part. They're trying to curb your behavior, right? Like they're trying to they're they're trying to if if you would if one or two infractions and you get the point and they don't have to deal with that any uh, again, message received, we got it. Um if they keep ramping up the the suspension and the punishment. Uh, and you keep crossing the line, now you are in jeopardy of really costing your team in a significant way. Like, game, it just happened to be game five, which was huge, the first one. But if that's a random regular season game, nobody's really tripping off of that. Yeah, It's a one game. But you start missing five games, now you have another one, you're missing, you know, eight, 10, 15 games. Like, those are really putting your team in a really bad spot. And that's, that's I'm glad you said that, Raja, because that's how I've been feeling about the Draymond suspension and also the Draymond experience post last title, right? Where he's continually doing these types of things and, and and whether it's punching a teammate in the face, whether it is putting someone in a headlock, whether it is just not being the best mentor in the locker room, it is a continual cyclical thing. And all the while Raja and Howard, the warriors have doubled down on Draymond when even if even we've seen the finals, even in his play has not suggested that he has, you know, warranted the doubling of down, even if it was just his play and not necessarily his actions. And I think that that's going to have long term ramifications for this group. Right. Like before, you know, Draymond went on, had the suspension. They were what, like they were a really good basketball team, or at least they were playing really good basketball. Like we can't really, it's too early to suggest what type of team they are right now, but they were six and three. They were, the the chemistry was going great. The hope is you're going to bring Draymond into the fold. And then cup, he gets, not only does he get, <laughs> it's funny that they, you, they're talking about how, or he's talking about how they're using old things to go against me. I mean, the game before you get a, get this ejection after headlocking someone you get ejected the night before against Cleveland. Like it's a continual thing and there's no account of, even if they did have an hour long talk with him, there's no accountability from Draymond because it doesn't have to be right. The, the front office isn't 
really disciplining him or actually laying down anything. They're giving him – he gets emboldened by getting a new contract with a player option. So when that happens, Raja, what is there like to even say to a guy that even if you do say, hey, Draymond, <laughs> man, please stop doing this. Please stop headlocking the opponent and punching your teammates – but, you know, we got this four-year deal here for you and we want you to retire here. Like, I don't – like, you can't have it both ways. And when some – like, the actions are the actions. What the hell do you do? Well, you can't – you don't have any control at that point. You can't really do anything. That's the danger of, of, of rewarding that type of behavior. Now, there's more to it than that when you're, when you're talking about team building, this championship run – you know, dynasty type of legacy, what he means to the framework of that team and being the heartbeat of it. There's more to it than that. But at face value, like plain and simple, when you reward, you know, behavior like that, it, it over and over again, it, when you can't just curb it by, by appealing to someone and saying, hey, man, please, like you can't do that. That's like having a child. And at home, you let this child talk to you any kind of way. I see it all the time. You let that kid talk to you all all kind of crazy ways. He ain't got no respect or she has no respect for you. She's talking greasy. Then you get out in public and they embarrass you. And now you're trying to plead with the kid. Hey, please stop. Don't. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that to mommy. Don't do that to daddy. That kid is like, fuck that. This is what I do. Boy, you going to act new now? You can't act brand new on me now? This is the dynamic in this house. And so, you know, that that you've put yourself in that position as an organization. And quite frankly, this has nothing to do with Draymond for me. This is broad, you know, painting with broad strokes here. And I say it all the time on the pod when you ask me about disciplinary situations in, in organizations. I typically come off on send a message side. With the Draymond thing, send a message now that we can't tolerate that. Like, I, I might not be any good at that job. So, but I'm telling you who I am. I am the guy that sends a message. I would like to do that just to get it on wax that this is how we are going to operate if these you know, infractions or transgressions, whatever you want to call them, keep popping up. I've set standard, you know, and I, 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 I've let you know what I will and will not tolerate. And here's how we're going to here's how we're going to act. But if you don't do that early and with a firm hand. Especially in a league where dudes are used to being, look, everything for an NBA player is taken care of. Every single thing. I can't speak to other leagues, but I'm sure it's probably the same. You, you, you do very little for yourself other than, other than really get out there and, and work towards your goal of being the best basketball player and the best teammate and, and trying to win a championship. But the rest of your world, interviews are scheduled. Um, you know, media availability is set up. You know, doctor's appointments are set up. If you got to go to the dentist, you walk right in that bad boy, boom, set up. Your travel, like you're living in this bubble. So dudes, naturally, once you're in that bubble, even if you're not like that, when I went into the league, I was coming out of the CBA where it was the antithesis of that. Like just grimy, dirty, travel sucked. You know, you felt like you weren't even a pro. So I was appreciative and grateful and and just really, you know, excited to be there. Man, I was in that for seven, eight, nine years. You, you start to become accustomed to that life, bro. You start to take it for granted a little bit. You think this is the real world. And some of those bad habits that you didn't have at the beginning are now in place. So you're dealing with people who have been conditioned to have bad habits in terms of what they think they can and can't get away with anyway. So if you empower it even further, you could have some sticky situations on your hand. The bottom line to me is this, and, and this part of it has not changed in seven, eight years or whatever with the Warriors. 
They know who Draymond is, all of all of his his best attributes and all of his worst. They accept the the, the full package of it, and they've they've made that bargain long ago, um, mm-hmm. and they're fine with it. Like each time something happens, and especially the last two things, two major things that have happened, uh, the the Rudy Gobert incident and the Jordan Pool punch, like those are those are pretty extreme. But the Warriors also have been with Draymond long enough, and he's been with them long enough. They know everything else that he's about. They know all the positives that come with it. They know how essential he is to this entire era. They know they're trying to still extend that era. And and try to tack on another title or two while Steph is still playing at an MVP level. So, like to me, nothing has changed. Like that was the calculus, that was the decision they made, the bargain that they struck with themselves, and I think they're fine with it. I really do. I- I agree one thousand percent. They definitely are. And if you were going to say at the beginning, "Hey, look, you're going to have to go through seven suspensions, ranging from one to two games to five games," but the end result is you're going to have four championships in this window, maybe five, and all of this other great stuff. They sign up every time. It's a no-brainer. They're like, yeah, let's do that. And, and, and just to be clear, I'm not saying they're fine with individual specific actions, right? They're not fine with the headlock on Rudy Gobert. They're not fine with the, the punch. They are fine with the the broad outline of the deal, the bargain that they have struck with themselves and with Draymond and with the idea that you're going to take, there's always going to be something. You don't know what it's going to be. Something's going to happen. But within reason, we're going to, to accept it as part of, of, of the overall package. And we're okay with it because he is that important to us competitively. And also, there's a, a, there's a, a lot else about him to really love as, as a player and as a person. It's just those moments. It's just these, these, these moments that, that jeopardize them and jeopardize himself and put him in a bad light. But I think they also know Draymond is not those moments. Those are his worst moments, but those moments do not define Draymond Green, the person. They know the the totality of him, and that's why they're okay with it. That's well put. I appreciate that. And let me, I just want to piggyback off of that because I talk a lot about how how important, like just a general role guy is to winning championships. You know, Logan, we've we've often talked about that. Um, Let's talk specifically about the role guy that is your, your your tough backbone guy. You could get away heartbeat. with having your your heartbeat can't play without that. I mean, you could play without a different kind of role guy, but the, the heartbeat, you can't you can't play without that. I mean, you can play, but you can't be successful at the level that you're accustomed to being successful at or or live up to the standards that you have in place if you're out there trying to compete without that heartbeat. Every team needs the guy that you know just raises that co- competitive level that that doesn't take shit, you know, we're all super competitors, but not every competitor in the NBA is, is, is physically demonstrative and abrasive in a way that would tell someone, Hey man, you better stop fucking with us. And, and teams need that, especially teams that, that, that aren't at least to the naked eye, big, physical, strong, <clears throat> intimidating, Right. Like you need somebody that if if Steph is approached wrong, they got they have to worry about Draymond coming over the top and choking him out. No, I'm, I'm dead ass, dead ass though, because yeah. otherwise it's open season on Steph. Yeah, it's it, what I agree with you on that point. Um, the key for Draymond is though, is that he can't lose his own locker room, which is what he did last season, oh, and yep. you know at times 
I don't know about this season, but I know at last season we it's well documented how he lost that 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 locker room. And I think my biggest thing with the Warriors, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this as well, but it's a lot of like, yeah, Draymond did this, Clay did this, these people did this. But like right now, if you watch this team, it's a team pretty stuck in the past, trying to run old sets, but they're not working because, you know, Clay now is not the guy that, you know, is the crucial piece to a title right now. He's a guy that wants to get a new deal, right? And he's playing like a guy that really wants to get a new deal and is shooting, uh, not playing within the offense, right? And then you have a guy um, like Draymond is like, I am who I, I, I've always been, but he's he's the same guy that is getting taken out of finals games, which was unheard of three, four, five years ago, right? But there's a team that's saying, hey, we want to still compete for titles, I don't know how you live in that middle. Is there a move? And I'm not where I'm kind of off Draymond as a as a time. But like, say there's a Zach Levine out there, right? There's a DeMar DeRozan out there. Raja, put your put your front office hat on right now. Are you saying, you know what? This was great. We celebrate these guys, but it's time to move on. We need we still want to want to make sure we make the most out of the last few years we have out of Steph who's playing at an MVP high level. The answer to that is Zach Levine. I love DeMar DeRozan, but I think the answer for me is is going to be more Zach Levine. And I, it's not even saying one's a better player than the other, but 28 versus 34, I think. They need to get, we've been saying it for a while, they need to be younger. They need, they need, to, they need to have young, um, youthful energy that scores the ball from the wing position. I, Steph, Steph and Clay will go down as the best shooting duo ever. But Clay hasn't been Clay wasn't himself. We were we were saying it on the pod like last year. I know they or the year they won the chip, like he had moments, but he I was watching it like, man, why is he shooting that? What is like that was a shot for the old Clay. That doesn't look like the new the new Clay is supposed to be doing that. Like you you're not the same guy. And that's okay. That happens. That's not to take anything away from your greatness. Um but they they need that in a big way. And so if there was a way, I'm not saying Draymond, if I could hold on to Draymond, if I could hold on to Draymond, I'm telling you right now, I'd be I'd hold on to Draymond. Hold on to Draymond, trade Wiggins or Clay or somebody and the guys that have not been playing well, maybe Listen, throw them to a Clay to a and CP three. If that could get me, if Clay and CP three could give me a combination of Zach Levine and something else that 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 I know could play. Doesn't have to be a great player, but I know it, it can get out there and, and get quality minutes in NBA games. Stamp it for me. I mean, but now saw, I don't have I yeah. don't have the ties to that that run like like listeners may have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, Howard, we saw that last year with the Lakers, right? Didn't work. Let's fucking trade and let's get some. Let's get a. Well, we at least try to get a contender, right? And then you 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 trade Westbrook, you get a bench like is. Do you think that would be in the cards? I know the, the Warriors have been very hesitant to trade this this group, and I get why in theory, but I in practice it just doesn't seem like the right call. Would do you think that they should just hey let's 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 get some new blood up in here? I mean, the obvious difference being that Russell Westbrook didn't help the Lakers win four championships, right? Russell Westbrook wasn't you know the primary tag team partner to your franchise star. Russell Westbrook had no history with them to speak of, period. And in his very brief time there, it just wasn't working, and it was obvious from the moment he arrived. So that it's easy to decide to extract 
even though, and by the way, it still took them forever to finally do it, right? Like it was obvious to the rest of the league way before it was obvious to the Lakers what they needed to do. Credit to them for finally course correcting, but it took a long time. But Westbrook wasn't the right fit. Clay, I mean, I don't, I, it, this is not just about the sentimentality attached to this, although I think that is a large part of it. It's, it's everything he's done for them and with them. It's what he's meant to Steph. It's what those three have meant to each other, Draymond, Steph, Clay. Like tr- breaking that up, even if you decide that, you know what, Clay is not the old Clay anymore, and we have an opportunity to get younger, more competitive, and extend this run with Steph, like that is your obligation, right? Like, broadly speaking, the obligation of the franchise is to be all in on Steph at all times while he's still playing at a, an MVP level, and he is. So you should be willing, I, I'll say this because I've said it many times before, I, I, but I am going to contradict myself slightly on this one. You should be willing to do whatever it takes at all times to extend the run to, to maximize Steph's uh, time at an elite level and try to win more championships. And if that means sacrificing some vets to get younger and more competitive, more versatile, on principle, I say you should do it. But but I hesitate because it's freaking Clay Thompson. Like, yeah, I I I, I just I do also say a, a lot with with teams at, at that level that when you pull one thread, sometimes the whole thing unravels, and sometimes it's not even a player of of Clay's caliber and stature sometimes it's you know maybe it's an Iguodala or a Sean Livingston or something else but some and even with teams that are not champions right like sometimes you just have the the exact right uh pieces together and they're better than the sum of their parts and you take one guy out uh, maybe he's just a, a shooter maybe he's a defender off the bench whatever he is but something about the way they all work together that was what my fear for the Celtics in swapping Marcus Smart up for Kristaps Porzingis like they look phenomenal, <laughs> they, they they clearly are going to be just fine, and that thread is not going to unravel the whole team. But I did think about that. I did think about that. That sometimes it just changes the entire feel and chemistry of a team. Um, I I could I could totally appreciate that. Um, and you and you would be right in some instances. I would also say that while I said very bluntly and harshly that I would do that, <laughs> you know, I wasn't. I, I I too, as a former player and as someone who admired what what Clay's done and the achievements and accomplishments that they've, that they've had out there in golden state. Like that would be really, really hard pill to swallow. I answer that purely based off what, what I think would make them a better basketball product on the floor. So you do have to take all of that into account. I would just say though, and it would, I would be interested, like this isn't Bob Myers, you know, who's been there for the whole thing. Like this is, this is Mike Dunleavy now. Right. And I would just, Steve Kerr came into Phoenix, albeit we had not won championships or anything like that. But he said to me, like, I remember this. He said, you have a small, he said, you have a small window of time when you get a new job to affect change. And that stuck with me wherever I went. And so I would just say that he did that as a general manager coming into a situation like Phoenix, where we were winning a lot of games. Now we had not gotten over the hump. I understand that. But it, it would just be, it would just be interesting to, 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 for me, if you could sit down with Dunleavy and just get a just get a conversation over a few beers somewhere where where he was just bearing his soul. Is he as attached to it as maybe Howard we think he should be? Or lo- you know what I mean? Something else, sorry, real quick reference point that reminded me of Raja. When the Suns traded Sean Marion for Shaq, like when you think about how the Suns became the Suns with Nash, Marion, Stoudemire, whatever, like there was a certain 
chemistry and just a certain a, a kind of combination of factors and personalities and and player types that made them special for that run, even though they couldn't break through. And in the quest to break through, they swap out Sean Marion for Shaq and completely change who they really are. And I, I don't know. That was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, but he. I always say this. People laugh at me when I go to basketball camps because they ask me who was who was the engine that kind of drove the Suns. And you often get Steve Nash. This is a little bit off topic, but I think it it does relate. Like you, you often get Steve Nash, right, or Amari. And I always tell them no. Now, clearly, none of that gets done without Steve, right? But Sean Marion was the actual piece on the floor that paired with Steve to make that that engine run because of his ability to get from rim to rim, you know, and put pressure on on a defense. If you watch a lot of those clips of us running down and being freed to shoot threes, it's Sean Marion that's on top of the rim that's causing the defense to collapse and then Steve's able to spray it out. So you are right in that sometimes it's not the person you think, um, Howard, that, that would unravel it and unravel like the team's ability to do what everyone you know thinks they should do, right? Obviously, someone would be like, it was X, Y, and Z. And somebody on that team would be like, nah, nah, it wasn't. It was, it was, it was A, B, or C. I think that, and, uh, before we get to the next topic, because we have, this has been a long one. Um, I think that it's on Steph to push the button. Like, the reason why Draymond is still there is because of Steph. The reason why the reason why I think that Clay is still there and they haven't made a drastic move, the reason why they traded away ultimately Jordan Poole, it all, it all leads to 30. So he is going to have to push the button or at least say, yo, we need a change. Just give the and signature. I, just sign off. Yeah, just sign off. I mean, I know, I've seen on television and, um, and, and, and games his face when shit goes awry, which it's gone awry a lot this season. It's not happy right now. It's, Really not a fun team to watch this season at all. Um, but it's going to be on on 30 to push the button. And it remains to be seen if he does. Um, let's go to the next topic after a break where we talk about how to treat a player when you send him off. This episode is brought to you by Nissan SUVs. It's good to stay up to date like I do with the NBA. You might catch me. Walking around the street, I'm listening to the Ringer NBA show, or I might be online looking at the ringer.com, looking at some power rankings from Howard Beck, or, you know, I might listen to old episodes of real ones. And that's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3 inch touchscreen infotainment system. With Google Maps Assistant, you can stay up to date on everything that's ahead without even needing to connect your phone. Find your next adventure with the Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Wanted to talk about, it's been a long break, and uh, one of the things that really caught my eye that I wanted to bring to the discussion is Kawhi Leonard and his relationship with the San Antonio Spurs. Now, this stems... 
after a recent uh, trip to San Antonio with the Clippers where he was booed mercilessly. And Greg Popovich did an unprecedented thing where he takes the mic from the scorer's table and says, hey, guys, enough with all that dilly-dallying. Stop booing. <laughs> dilly-dallying. <laughs> all that shit. Stop it. We don't do that here in San Antonio. We don't boo one of our own, which was interesting. Where do we stand? I'll start with Rogers, the former player. Where do we stand on booing? Because I thought that was a little over the top. Relax. Okay, that was over the top. People forget how he left San Antonio, though. Right. The fans don't, but like the general public, it's been a while. So people might forget that there was a big deal, if I even remember correctly, I think I do, about whether he could play versus whether he couldn't play and them saying, you know, some people accusing him of being able to play but not wanting to play. So like in that space, I could see where fans of the San Antonio Spurs wouldn't forget something like that. They've watched his successes you know, since he's since he he's, he since he had left, um, they felt like he was a homegrown product, and he was theirs. Like I could see where they harbored feelings about that in a way that casual NBA fans had kind of forgotten. Um, I don't know. I booing is is. I'm not an anti-boo guy. I, I'm an anti-boo your own team guy. I never understood that. Like that seems really stupid to me. Like booing your own team at home, it just. It's not helping at all, um, but I don't. I don't necessarily have a problem with a guy get, a guy getting booed. Like if, if he's on the opposing team and y'all don't rock with him, I I guess I don't care. I thought it was a G move by Pop. Pop's like one of the only dudes who could pull that off. But but I, it doesn't bother me personally. I got booed every. I went back to Staples. I got booed. Like what are we talking about? I wasn't even Kawhi Leonard, bro. I was booed mer- like mercilessly. At Staples for the hey, Clippers the and the was damn- not, Hey, the Phil was not helping your ass out. Phil Bro. was not going to say, hey, guys, yeah, yeah, chill, chill, chill. At chill. All. Don't, clue, don't Clippers boo Clippers and Lakers, bro. Clippers and Lakers. <laughs> you were enemy of all of Los Angeles. That's ridiculous. That's a way, hold on, real quick. That's a wild city to be like an enemy of, bro, because I know you want to go to LA and chill every fucking time. <laughs> Bro, I have people. I have you can't people get run booed in like I don't want to say no cities because you know we got a lot of real ones everywhere. But like you know, like get booed in L.A. That sucks. Bro, I had when that stuff happened, man. It was so crazy, man. I had people in the streets of Beverly Hills out walking with my little young sons, saying really wild shit. Where I'd have to get security to grab my my boys. Like, do you know what I mean? It was it was really ugly for a while, man. Like I I had a dude wait for me outside of the where were we, man? We were at the Beverly. No, no, no. That was the Wilshire. Uh, but we were down in Santa Monica, were we? Damn, I don't even oh, remember. Lowe's, where, where, Lowe's Santa Monica. I, I had a dude wait for me just off property. Just off property, waiting for me to leave. Just, Jeez. just He waited there all day, and I waited for his ass because I wasn't leaving until he <laughs> left. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, bro, you can't even go like, to the beach. Like, I can't yo, even I, get... The Lowe's in Santa Monica, right behind it is the beach, bro. Like, and yeah. you can't even go, bro. Damn. Yeah, that was crazy. so, so, so booing. I mean, it comes with the territory if you, if you are persona non grata for that fan base. I just take exception to people booing their home team. That, that's, that stinks. I thought that whole scene was much more indicative of pop than the fans or Kawhi. Or, like, that was really, and I don't, as I say that, I, I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what it's telling us about Pop other than 
uh, is this just a good, getting kind of soft in his in his old age, where like he's just feeling more reflective? Um, he did have some quotes a couple of days later that I thought were interesting because, again, like to be clear, booing is part of sports. Fans are gonna boo, boo the home team, boo the road team, whatever. Boo the guy who, like, booing the guy who abandoned your team, like that's as old as sports, right? They people of San Antonio feel that Kawhi Leonard abandoned them, and then he went and won a championship with another franchise, and now he's with yet another team. I, it's been a while. Like I, I, I could say get over it, but like it's not for me to say. They're they're fans. They're invested. That they, like that's their team. Fine. They're going to do what they do as long as it's, you know, held within a, to a certain standard, right? Like I, I've seen some pretty ugly shit. We can talk about what happened when LeBron went back to Miami for the first time back in 2010. U- ugly scene I've ever seen in person. Not the ugliest scene in sports history, folks, but just the ugliest that I have personally witnessed in person. Um, but booing is just booing like i don't think that's that big of a deal so i was more interested in like pop going to that extent it's not like it's not like the, the spurs need to mend fences with Kawhi because they want to bring him back or something like i don't think that's ever going to happen i don't like the so you, like if you're trying to think of like all the other uh like possible motivations there really aren't any so he gets at he did he was really snippy post game uh pop did not really elaborate but um a couple days later, there I think they were in San Francisco. Yes. And he says, I think it's indicative of the way the world works now. There is enough hate in the world where I think it's totally inappropriate. It's not what you teach your kids to do. And then on a practical level, it hurts us more than it hurts us. Uh, it hurts us more than it hurts them uh, because it just pokes the bear and makes them want to stick it to you even harder and it hurts your team. So it doesn't make any sense. It's unwise in every level. I have no regrets whatsoever. Uh, wow. Every segment of this show today is somebody having no regrets whatsoever. No regrets. <laughs> um, so the first part of it, the first sentence was what I thought was interesting. It's indicative of the way the world works now. So I think like this is pop. He says there's enough hate in the world. Like that's, I think that maybe is is like the psychology behind this. He's just kind of looking around like, man, all this negativity, we're dealing with it all the time. And we know that Pop is someone who's very outspoken politically and that, that you know, obviously inflames a, a certain part of, of NBA fans, certainly Spurs fans in Texas. I'm sure there are plenty that disagree with him. So maybe this is just more about Pop internalizing just kind of the state of the world and all the tension that's out there. And, and we live in, in in really dicey times. And I don't know. Maybe it's that because the booze aren't that big a deal. The first time that I was looking, Mike Finger from the San Antonio Express News wrote about this, that the first time that, that Kawhi had gone back, they cheered Danny Green, who was part of the trade. Every time they showed Danny Green, they cheered Danny Green, but they chanted traitor when they showed Kawhi or when he was shooting free throws. Which is and funny so like, because the Spurs traded him, which is hilarious. I just Well, he, but he demanded the trade, right? Kawhi wanted out. So... Um, it's fine that they hold it against Kawhi. Again, I'm not faulting them for that. But they treated him much more harshly in his initial returns, as you would expect, than in this most recent one. So that Pop is deciding to put his foot down now, again, there's something more about the way Pop is thinking about this or or uh, interpreting this now than it is about anything else. Are you saying, Howard, that now that he has a -a once-in-a-generation player that he wants other players to play alongside of, that he wants to push up the propaganda. Like, no, man, like, hey, we love our players in San Antonio. 
He's not speaking to Kawhi necessarily. He's speaking beyond Kawhi and putting his bullhorn to the rest of the league saying, hey, come to San Antonio. We treat our players well here. Ain't nobody listening to that. Which you talking about? The, I mean, he might be, but the rest of the league. I mean, that's not that's not appealing in enough pitch and appealing enough pitch. Stopping the game people to otherwise okay. go to San Antonio, though. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, if you weren't inclined to go to San Antonio because of the situation in the finances, that's not getting you over the hump as a player. I promise you. Okay. I, I, listen, I was but playing devil's advocate. You might be right. You might be right. Playing devil's advocate. You, you could be 100% correct, and I'm just saying pop. Like, I appreciate the try, but that's probably not it. it it's And it's possible, <laughs> Logan. Like, I'm not going to dismiss it. Like, sure, anything's possible. It's possible in the moment. S- Split-second decision. He says, ooh, I can, I can show what we're really about here and, and send a subtle message to the whole world because we might want to recruit some, some stars to go with Wimbanyama soon. I, maybe. Maybe. I just... I, it didn't strike me that way in the moment. Um, and and to, to Raj's point, like, I don't think any amount of like trying to, uh, you know, appease or placate anybody is, is going to somehow make San Antonio more attractive free agent destination. And the NBA, you know, the NBA these days, anyway, it's, it's more about trades than free agency anyway. And in the Spurs case, like most small markets, usually it's about drafting. So you put so <laughs> at point guard, you lose a ton of games and you get another high pick. You're, you're still trying to find other players through the draft at this stage. Howard, I think, I think you're right in, in terms of like, you know, pop and where he's at as a human being right now. And I would just say from my interaction with pop, having, having spent a training camp there, um, been, been cut him. And a lot of people don't know this, but the reason I was able to catch on with the Sixers was because Pop really liked me and put a call in to Larry Brown, who was one of his best friends, to pick me up out of the CBA because I was injured that year. I hadn't really played in the CBA. So I was dumbfounded as to why the Sixers would have called me out of all the people. But it, it wound up being a, a Pop call to Larry Brown that got that done. Um, so with, And then I played against him for my entire career. And every exchange I ever had with him was really genuine and really reflective. And he's just a like a, a, a salt of the earth type of dude. Um, and so I think just deep down, like as a human being, he's like, dude, what are we, what are we doing? Like, yeah, Kawhi, the, that didn't probably end great. And I don't know how it ended personally with Kawhi and pop. I know Kawhi and the Spurs didn't end great, but you know, I don't know what that personal relationship was like, but even if it didn't end poorly, pop doesn't strike me as the type of dude that's trying to hold that for, for decades until people retire. And then they have to have a sit down on, 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 real ones to like hash it out. Do you know what I mean? Like pop. I like what you did there. I like what you did there. But pop, but I don't, pop doesn't, didn't strike me as a dude like that, man. I I think he's, he is more about like, Hey bro, look that, that was in the heat of the moment. However many years ago, you've had a great career. We had great times together. Why has it got to be like this? Yeah. He sees him as one of his guys, right? Like he's as protective of him. Ultimately, no matter how it ended, pop is as protective of Kawhi Leonard probably as he would be of Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Sean Elliott, whoever. At the end of the day. At the end of the day, absolutely. And and, and think about this too. This is an organization where like Sean Elliott's one of their broadcasters and has been for many, many years now. Was part of the the first and second championship or just the first? Maybe maybe the first two. Um, And, you know, Tony Parker still, you know, pops in now and then, right? Tim Duncan's still around. Like David Robinson's always there. This is an organization where once you are, you know, part of, of that team, it's, you know, you know, they're, they're, they embrace you. You're part of the family and they want to bring you back. And 
I, I'm sure Pop feels a certain amount of just kind of protectiveness of Kawhi Leonard. Last question I have for, for the panel, started with Roger. What is the what is the right way to treat a player that has left you of that magnitude? As a fan, as an organization, as a as a fan, an overall organization. <laughs> Both. Yes. Man. The answer is yes. Well, Again, I'm not speaking as a like I, I I cheer for very few teams like a real fan. Um if somebody were to so, leave the University of Miami under murky circumstances, Raja. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm gonna sit here and tell you my 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 fifteen year old self and in, in his all of his University of Miami fandom had the transfer portal existed and Kenny Dorsey or Willis McGahee or one of those dudes pulled up and bounced on us in the middle of, a, of our, of our years, I, I would have had beef. I would have probably booed them when they came back. Um, as an adult, I'd like to, t- I'd like to say that I'd like to appreciate the times that we did have together, bro. All the championships that we won, all of the, you know, watching you grow up from a, from a kid out of uh where'd he come out of long beach where, what, what, what school did, Kawhi come out of like San Diego State. San Diego State, not being able to shoot the ball to what Aspect you turned into. Yeah, but you know, I'd like to be able to say that. So I would just say there's no great answer for how a a player should, I mean, a, a fan should 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 receive someone coming back. I can't give you that answer. But as an organization, I think you should always be classy. I think you should always have a level of class. Now, the level of class we have is going to depend on how you left. You know, if it got real messy and stuff like that, I, I'm not getting down in the mud as an organization, but maybe I don't go overboard with my classiness and my celebration of who you were as a player. But if it was, you know, if you if it was great and we just, you know, didn't work out at the end of the day, I'm, I think I think a classy a classy send off is is the best way to do it. I don't think you should ever antagonize. It's 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 a terrible message to send to the rest of the league. Being a fan is an emotional investment, above all, right? Like that's what fandom is. You're emotionally invested in in a team and players, whatever. So I, I, I like, and sports brings like the full spectrum, right? Joy, anger, frustration, sadness, all this stuff. So that's it. That like the guy left you. He won you a championship, and then he decided I'm out. I mean, it was a few years later, but when he decided it was time to go. You know, fans feel burned. Like, I get that. That's fine. You want to boom when he comes back again. Like, I'm not going to, I can't argue the point because you're trying to tell people what emotions they should feel. Like, that's, that's impossible. Um, but yeah, from an organizational standpoint, that's why we see, <laughs> so we see like tribute videos down to like the, you know, this two-way player uh, is now with a different organization. He played five minutes with us last year, but he's going to get a fucking <laughs> Roger's five pissed. minute. Roger's like, what the video fuck, tribute? Yeah, man. Roger, what they do to you when you I came back to Phoenix? Bro, what I they missed do out. when you came back Wait, to Phoenix? So you telling me I missed that? What? No, what? What'd I they had do? a belt. I had a bell tower, very special group of people, man. They were still up there ringing bells up in the upper deck. Ah. They were, man. My ladies, <laughs> man. They, they, those are my shout girls, Shout out to man. the bell towers. Straight sh- shout out. But uh, other than that, bro, not a ting. <laughs> Damn. Well, the video tribute thing got kind of got more like out of control in the last like five to ten years. Like I think it's more Fair. kind of a, almost after your time, Roger. Like now, now they're everywhere. Now everybody gets them all the time, no matter how long or short you spent with a team. But like, that's fine. Like that's the organization trying to show that, you know, hey, we are a class organization. We appreciate our former players no matter what level they were and all that stuff. Yeah, that's you, fine. But fans are fans. 
fans are fans and you're always always trying to put on if you're if you're a, everything you can do in the space of making other players that aren't in your organization feel like you have a first class organization and somewhere they would want to be it behooves you to do that at every turn yeah people are always watching so i mean i would just practice that if you're an organization <sighs> I'm a fan of you both unconditionally. And Dude, that is a, that, Dude, I appreciate that Logan's I, not booing us, Raja. So that's nice. Yeah, he's right? not booing us. It's great. He's, home he team can't took, boo the home team. He took Pop's message to heart. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. That has been another edition of Motherfucking Mondays on Real Ones. Thanks to Howard Beck. Thanks to Ra Ra. We will see you guys on Thursday. Tap in. Ah, all the shits. Bye. Must be 21 years and older and president in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-5 Two four seven zero zero, or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas one eight seven 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 zero. Stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia, or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or visit 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.